And that was when I first started being like, oh my gosh, I did not make that up. Like, he's there. I hear him. I heard his voice. And I got a very clear message from him. It wasn't words. It was that message, right? That intuition, that knowing, that feeling him. And he was saying, mom, you know how I used to text you all the time? And I tell you that I loved you. And you would tell me you would love me back and ask me how my day was. Well, giving messages to you is the same thing because you can't see me on the other side of the phone. You just trust it's me. My belief is that there are no coincidences, that, there is, that this is part of the divine design of our magical universe that works in perfection. Welcome to Soul Sisters Get Real, the show that goes deep in who we really are and why we are really here. We're your hosts, Karen from the States and Eleni from Australia. We've had heartfelt conversations as soul sisters for years, and we're ready to share our truths, stories, and life lessons with you and to inspire you to connect to your truest essence, which resides deep within your soul. There'll be tears, there'll be laughter, and there'll be no holding back. So sit back, relax, and let's get real about the things that truly matter. Hello, everybody. This is Lenny and Karen for another episode of Soul Sisters Get Real. And uh, today we're bringing forward a really, really beautiful topic, and it's all about connecting with our loved ones in spirit. And uh, this is a, a topic that is really special for both Karen and I, as we've both experienced connecting with our loved ones in spirit and how that feels. And what we're going to talk about is what that feels like, you know, what we hear, what are the sounds that come through, what are the kind of miracles that we have witnessed and how we can connect with our loved ones in spirit. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, and it's interesting because I am working on a workshop right now for a course that I'm doing, and it's about connecting with our loved ones in spirit. And what does that mean? So many people have questions. And I remember just three years ago, when right after Josh, my son, died, and a couple of our colleagues had reached out to us, and Chad had reached out to me and said that he had gotten a message, and and I'd heard that, you know, Josh was leaving messages that he loved me and he wanted me to know he was okay. And every time, of course, I heard those messages, I would cry. But the biggest question I had was, what does that mean? Do you, do you hear them? Do you like, what do they say that's so odd and so foreign to me to be able to connect or hear someone on the other side? Or like, how do you know it's them? And I know a lot of people have those questions. What What do you typically, how do you answer that? I'm just curious. Uh, you just know. Like it's a knowingness. It's just like you know your name. Like you know what your name is. If someone says to you, Karen, your name is Betty, you would know that that's not your name. It's just that you know what your name is and you know. There's a knowingness um, when you're connecting in and with me, you know, there's the usual signs of goosebumps and also like it brings me to tears. And that's every time I connect with any kind of spirit, it brings me to tears. There's this opening of the heart that's so wide that I can just feel myself, you know, starting to cry because the love is so pure and so amazing and so incredible. But for me, Karen, um, those kinds of signs, you know, started, um, but before the passing of my father. So as an example, when he was unconscious in bed in hospital, it started from then and then continued afterwards, during and then afterwards as well. So mm -hmm. as an example, I'll give you one, one little story about 
um, before he actually passed when he was in bed in the hospital and he couldn't communicate at all. Um, whilst we were all holding vigil around his bed, so basically my siblings and myself, so I'm the youngest of five, and we're around his bed and my elder sister, she's got the prayer book and she's reading a prayer really loud and really powerfully. We could just feel the energy in the room was just incredible. And all of a sudden um, my brother-in-law's phone lit up and there came a photo of dad singing in in church. So this is a photo that my brother-in-law had taken some time ago of mm-hmm. my bro- of my dad standing at the front of the church, which is what he did every Sunday and every feast day. He'd be standing in front of the church and singing, you know, at a special place, not just where everybody else um, is actually sitting, so in a, a part of the choir and a main person. And um, my sister had taken a photo of him doing that and then that photo just illuminated my brother-in-law did not select it and it just and my brother-in-law just dropped the phone and it landed on the bed in the middle of all of us and we could see my dad singing so basically we got the message that he's singing with us so we're not just singing to him he was part of us he was singing together together we were in vigil so yeah. that it started happening from before he passed did you experience anything at all that was you know that tell us about what your experience is well, a couple of things come up for me as, as you're talking about that is they do, you know, our spirits, our souls do connect from the other side in many different ways, whether it's electronics or they leave little signs for us. I know that when we ask for a sign, sometimes it takes them a little time, but we typically get it when we're connecting in. I started by hearing those messages at night. And I do know that messages at night come through because that's an easier time for them to reach us. So that was my first connection with Josh is when he started leaving me, just talking to me at night and only on a few occasions. The second time, I know the first time I mentioned- Don't move on, you got to stay there. I won't tell you. (laughs) So the first time I mentioned, I think it was in our first episode about how he said, mom, when can I come home? And then not too much long after that, I got a message from him when I was sleeping and he woke me up with it saying, mom, with God on your side and me by your side, you're going to be okay. And I immediately wrote it down. And that was when I first started to be like, oh my gosh, I did not make that up. Like, he's there. I hear him. I heard his voice. Did, and you, feel then, did you feel his energy as well? I didn't at that time. And I think I wasn't open to it. I was still in shock. And it was only a few weeks after he had passed on. And so um, I was just like, oh my gosh, he's like talking to me at night. And I thought that was kind of odd, but I wasn't sure what to make of it. And then I had remembered shortly before he died, and I think I, you know, they start to communicate, like you said, he started to get using that intuition. And what I've learned is that hearing from the other side is listening to that small, still voice, that little whisper, trusting, hearing that thought. That's how they communicate. It's not like always those words, like I had heard those first couple nights. And Josh had told me the first, or um, like three times in the two weeks before he passed away, He said something silly like, Mom, I'm invincible. And I remember on Mother's Day, which was just a week and a half before his motorcycle accident, he was uh, doing something for me. He was um, nailing up a cable. And I had said, Josh, be careful. He was on the ladder and he was, you know, kind of just a reckless guy. And he's like, don't worry, Mom, I'm fine. I'm invincible. And then a few days after his motorcycle accident, he passed away. I remember thinking, why did he say that to me? Why did he say that to me three times? 
before yeah. he passed away. And oh. I remember every one of the occasions, one time he was on the roof and he was breaking off some branches that were leaning over the deck. And he said, I'm invincible. I'm a silverback gorilla. Cause he was such a goofball. And I was like, no, like you. And I always remember, I was always telling him to be careful. And what I realized is that he is invincible and he is always invincible because the soul, his spirit will always be there. And he was telling me even before this had happened that it's okay because I will always be here. And that really resonated with me. Um, and then the second story and how I explain this is I went up north two months after he died. I wanted to get away. I was busy doing that virtual conference and, you know, in shock and a lot going on here at home. And so the two boys and I went up north and I was walking in the woods and I was praying and I was talking to Josh and crying and because I always talked to him like I was I thought he's got to hear me. He's got mm -hmm. to hear me. And I got a very clear message from him. It wasn't words. It was that message, right? That intuition, that knowing, that feeling him. I think this is the first time I felt him, like felt mm -hmm. him around me. And he was saying, mom, you know how I used to text you all the time and you would, uh, and I tell you that I loved you and you would tell me you would love me back and ask me how my day was. Well, giving messages to you is the same thing because you can't see me on the other side of the phone. You just trust it's me. And so you get to trust these messages are from me, just like I did when I was texting you. So just imagine I'm texting you, but I'm texting you in messages. And these are messages from me, similar to how we don't, we can't touch God. And there's always that, it's that faith piece. And he, he said to me, it's similar to God leaving messages for people, except God has the whole world to protect and to watch over. And I just have the ones I love to send messages to and watch over. And that really resonated with me. I just thought, yeah. wow, that's how we get messages. Just like on a cell phone, but we get the messages for ourselves. And a big piece of that from what you're saying and what I know too is the trust. The trust yeah. that, that this is a real message, not to second guess. This is a message. You know, you didn't just make that up. That um, you wouldn't have thought of those particular words to be said in that way. You know, it's not in your conscious awareness to be thinking about it like that. It was brought to you in a different way. You know that it's him. Right, right. Yes. And he leaves me messages all the time. He, he was, I was uh, connecting with him the other day and we have a room that we meet in. And I had learned this from a, a class I had taken on connecting with our loved ones. And they said, you know, they brought us in this meditation kind of thing and said, create this room to meet your loved one in. And whenever you want to meet your loved one, go to this room and they will connect with you in there. And so I was on the couch and I closed my eyes and I was feeling him and I was connecting with him. And he said, uh, mom, two things. One, when you're writing this book, will you do me a favor and not make it so serious? So how about you ask your, my brothers and my dad and my coaches for the funniest story about me and make sure that's in the book. So I said, okay. And he said, oh, and by the way, <laughs> he said, um, I'm sick and tired of that stuffy dining room that we're meeting in. Meet me out in the wrestling room. And I want to connect with you out there because we have a four car garage and two of them is a wrestling room where he spent all of his hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of hours training when he was wrestling. And um, so I was like, okay, I'll meet you in the wrestling room. And then I met him in the wrestling room just a few days after that. I just, you know, closed my eyes and felt him in there. And he literally was bouncing off the walls. He was a very active boy. And I felt him like bouncing off the walls. And I was in my house, but I was out there with him in spirit. 
And um, it wasn't that, it wasn't like I heard him. I just saw, like it was a picture in my mind of seeing him bouncing off the walls. And I said to him in my own mind, slow down so we can have a conversation here. And he was like, okay, mom, uh, just his little happy-go-lucky. How did you feel him bouncing off the walls? I saw him. So I saw him in my mind. Um, like he was, it was like he had his human form a few years younger than he was when he passed away, but almost like when he was wrestling in high school. Um, but he was literally like superhuman bouncing from one wall to the next. Cause he was like, so happy to be in there is what I was getting from him. And I had said, okay, great. You know, this is all good. But I, I had a few things I wanted to talk to you about or some questions. <laughs> and uh, so I remember him slowing down and sitting in a chair. But so those are the messages. Like, you know, sometimes it's a sea. Sometimes I smell him. I will, um, there's a certain smell that reminds me of him. And I'm like, oh, and it's weird because I can be driving in the car and I just smell him. And it's that smell. And I'm like, okay, that there's no way that smell is around me. And it's kind of just his messages. And, um, you know, when you said he came a few years younger than he was, I read up on that because, if, you know, me and my sisters after my dad passed, he would actually come younger than he was. Mm-hmm. And um, what I, when I researched that, what I found out was that if they're visiting us, they're actually selecting the form that was their favourite form whilst on earth. So for dad, it was like um, a good probably 30 years before he actually passed. So he passed at 91, so more like at the age of about 60, um, where he was still, you know, really walking really strongly and wearing that suit that he used to wear back then. And if we're visiting him, you know, in in the dream realm, if we're visiting our loved ones, then they tend to be the age that we last saw them at but if they're visiting us they're the age that they choose to be in because once they're over there they choose what form is their favorite form what do they what what was their favorite year then they look like that because that's what they want and so it's um interesting that you said that he came back when he was wrestling at high school because that would have been his favorite time and that's why he chose that period yeah Yeah, I love that. And that makes so much sense. Yes. And then just this week, it was uh, crazy. Actually, Connie, who's a colleague of mine and a friend, and I were driving home from the Heartland Hypnosis Conference. And we were talking about Josh and a few other things. And I looked up, we were about an hour south of where we were, where our meeting point was. And I looked up and there was an eagle flying above my car, just hovering. And as we know, eagles are rare birds. But it's his, it's his bird. He had an eagle tattoo and I see eagles flying over the lake. And again, in the middle of the highway, this huge bald eagle just kind of hovering around my car for a few minutes and then flying off. And I used to be, I used to think if I was going to get signs and stuff, I would feel sad. I'm curious about what you think too. But what I realized is when I get these signs, it's a reassurance. It's a feeling of love. It's a, hey mom, I'm proud of you. Like I heard the, I'm proud of you this weekend um, kind of signs. So did you, like, what do you feel like when you get those signs? Um, I feel like, like, um, it's, I, I start crying. Um, I'm a big crier, but not crying from, you know, sadness. I cry from joy. It's just like this joy that he's with me. So the other day I got, you know, you, you said you got the sign this week. So did I. 
the other day um, I was doing um, some video work and it was like it wasn't working. I was redoing it, redoing it, and then I finally did it. Now I had behind me all these candles lit up, all of them lit up, but all of a sudden it felt it, it, it was like this loud clap came from behind me. And so behind me I've got my dad, um, two candles of my dad, you know, right in the centre, and his those two candles, the flames were literally clapping. They were making so much noise that they were clapping. And I'm like, oh, my God, Dad just gave me a clap for finishing my videos. Like he was saying, yeah, you did it because it was like um, I was I was take one, take two, take three, take four, then I finally finished and then I heard this clapping. I literally turned around. I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? None of the other candles had any movement they were the normal flame dad's two candles had risen up the flames and were doing this big clap 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 and it was like oh my god and I also think it's important Karen that we share the stories when they happen because then it allows others to share their stories so straight away I told my sisters dad clap for me as soon as I finish some videos and then it allows them to notice signs as well and not to think that they're going a bit silly and what tends to happen is that people always tell me about signs because they know that I treat them seriously you know so they share their signs with me so it's good to share them stop worrying about what other people think like yeah. you know if, if people think that we're crazy and that we're just making this stuff up we know we're not we've got to share the miracles we've got to share the signs right Right, right. I agree. And I love sharing them too with my boys so that they, you know, know that Josh is here and watching over. And, you know, honestly, like there are so many, when you open up to what it is, there are so many signs that you can't deny them. Yeah. The, you know, the anniversary of Josh's death, uh, two, so last year, so two years, or it was the year, it was a year anniversary after he passed away. I have this post not too far outside the house and there is this huge, hawk that came and literally sat on top of the post just a few feet from the sunroom and stared at me that day like the anniversary of the day that he passed away and I thought okay that's not a coincidence how often does a big huge hawk just sit on a pole right by your house and stare at you through the window yeah yeah you know, that kind of yeah. stuff it's it's like there's you can't deny the crazy coincidences it's undeniable. It's undeniable. And I've often found, you know, especially this was at the beginning when I would just sit outside and um, really feel feel my dad. And then all of a sudden it's been like a rainy overcast day and all of a sudden the sun at that moment would just open up mm -hmm. and the sun would shine right at me and it'd be like, oh, I'm bathed in this love, this universal, beautiful love that I'm just getting bathed in. And it would happen all the time. Like that would happen all the time. It would be an overcast, rainy day and I would sit on this outside seat thinking about my dad and all of a sudden the sun would come out in that moment and just beam on my body and it's... And you just feel it. it. You just feel the warmth and you feel the love and you know that they're okay. You just know. Yeah, absolutely. And I have, I love this. Uh, I have a card deck, an Oracle card deck that I bought because it's called Oracle of the Sevens. And my birthday is 7770. So it's my number. And I thought, oh, what a cool deck. I'm going to purchase it. And I played with it for a little while. And I had had it for a couple months. This was about a year ago. And I was, when I was pulling some cards, I was like, wow, 
something in me says that this card deck is messages from Josh. And mm -hmm. so I know that this card deck is specifically messages that he wants to give me. And I will ask him questions or if he has advice for me for the day or, you know, something like that. And here's the crazy thing is my aunt, so my grandparents, uh, their daughter passed away, died in an accident when she was in her teens. I think she was 16 years old. And I don't remember hearing much about it. But the other day I was connecting and I heard my grandma say, I, because she's in heaven, I heard her say, I've got you. I know how you feel. I'm up here with Josh. Like, I just want to let you know that I'm, I'm surrounding you. I'm protecting you. I've been there. I know what it's like to lose a child. And uh, I was like, okay. And then I think it was about a week later, I was pulling a card from Josh's deck and the card was something about your ancestors and um, learning from their experiences and how they are, you know, they're with you and they're protecting you. And I was like, well, that's really cool. But I, I didn't think too much of that card. So put the card away. And that day um, I went and I thought of my grandma at that point when I had that card. I was like, okay, that, that means grandma's, you know, watching over me. That was her message. And so I put the card away and that day I went to the, the mailbox and I got a letter, a note card from my aunt, who would be my grandma's daughter. And her sister is the one that passed away. And I hear from her like maybe once a year, maybe once a year. I don't think I've gotten a card from her since Josh passed away in three years. And inside the card was a picture of Josh as a little boy and his dad and I and that grandma and grandpa. Mm. And I was like, okay, that's crazy. I got the card that day. I went to the mailbox that day. I got a picture of Josh that day with that grandma. Well, of course you did. <laughs> right? So these are the coincidences. Like, you cannot deny it. Yeah. I, I believe, my belief is that there are no coincidences. That there is, mm -hmm. that This is part of the divine design of our magical universe that works in perfection. There is no coincidence. There's no such thing as a coincidence. It's all divine divine design I love that but tell us I love this story Karen that you've shared with me previously about um you know Josh's ashes because this is pretty freaking incredible really incredible yeah tell us yeah what happened. so this this is when I started uh really getting messages from him and I you know I don't get messages every day and part of the reason is because sometimes I don't slow down enough to be aware of the signs around me or to listen because I'm so busy in the doing. And uh, so this particular day I was, I think I was getting ready. I was packing to go to Egypt and I was going to Egypt in about three days and I was walking through the hallway and his ashes are in a toolbox because he was a carpenter. So at a celebration of life, we put his ashes in a toolbox for his urn. And they were still sitting in my hallway. I don't want to put them away. We had talked about um, spreading them different places as a family, but we hadn't done that yet. And so I walked past that toolbox and I heard, bring my ashes to Egypt. And oh it wasn't an, I should bring my ashes to Egypt. Like a thought from me, it was bring my ashes to Egypt. And he literally stopped in my tracks. And I was like, did I? Did I really just hear that? I had never considered bringing his ashes. And I said, did I really just hear you tell me to bring your ashes? And he said, yes. I was like, okay. Oh, I got so many goosebumps because this is the thing. You never considered taking his ashes. Mm -mm, it never. wasn't in your conscious awareness. Right, right. So I put some of his ashes in a bag along with a dried flower. And I brought them to Egypt. And I thought that I would put them in the Great Pyramid. 
because the Great Pyramid was a resting space and a and a um a grave, you know, they would bury pharaohs and kings and queens there. And I was like, maybe he wants to be the kings and the queens and went to the Great Pyramid on eleven eleven at eleven eleven PM on eleven eleven twenty two. And I thought there it wasn't it wasn't calling to me. And like I, I know he's gonna let me know where where the heck I'm supposed to put these ashes because he told me to bring them. So I didn't. And then a few days later, we were exhausted from um, late nights, early mornings, and we were supposed to go to a temple, but we had just gotten on a riverboat on the Nile. And I said, I am not going to the temple. I need some time to journal and just be like, I'm too tired. There's too much going on. I need to catch up in my own world. So I chose not to go with the rest of the group. And I was on the deck of this riverboat and I was journaling and I was just being and connecting. And I heard Josh say, put my ashes in the Nile at sunset and sink your sadness with the ashes and put me back where I belong. And I was like, what? And immediately I started crying. And the reason, the biggest reason I started crying is I was like, okay, like, why is he giving me that message? And I wasn't sure what the heck that meant, but I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. So the rest of the day was quite emotional. And I was almost feeling like it was leading up to when he, um, like when he died again, because shortly before that, someone had asked me, have you let Josh, like, have you let him go? Have you really let him go? And just the question sent me in tears. And I was like, I guess not, because I don't want to let him go. Like, I want to keep him right here in me, on me. And uh, so that to me was like, okay, he's telling me to let him go. Mm. And I heard him also say, I want to dance and walk with the gods. And I was like, okay. So I felt very emotional that day. Well, I was like dead set. I'm putting these in the Nile at sunset. And our boat was moving. And I went down below. In fact, I have a video of it. And uh, put the ashes in the Nile. And believe it or not, the sunset was this golden orange and there was a golden orange reflection on the water. And he told me to sink my sadness. And I had had some sessions with a woman that channels angels. And I had been told at least three times, when your lake of sadness turns to orange, you will know you have released the sadness you were holding on to. And I live on a lake. And I would look out at that lake the whole summer because we went in the fall. But that whole summer, I was like, turn to orange, please. Like, I want this lake to turn to orange. I don't want to feel sad anymore. And at sunset, when I put those ashes in, I felt this rush of relief after the cry. And the sunset was orange and the water had an orange reflection on it. And I felt so much better after that. Like, literally, I feel like I released the sadness with the ashes and who would have known except Josh said wow wow and I I would bet that this whole idea about going to Egypt was all orchestrated you know pre-orchestrated um as well and Josh was part of that in terms of the messages he was telling you you know let's go to Egypt kind of thing like it was all planned from before that's just such a magical beautiful story whenever you say stories like that like I literally get goosebumps in the whole of my body but even more so well there's no more so but I mean you're you're, the story that you've got with with Josh is so incredible but you know in terms of how he helps you write the book together tell us about that 
Well, that kind of started with some people were saying, you should write a book, you know, in the beginning after he died and how I was managing through things and managing through the divorce we were going through. And I was like, I don't know, maybe someday, maybe someday. And as I started getting these messages and connecting with Josh, I started to get to a space of, oh, yeah, we get to write a book and we're going to write it together. And he told me in the shower, actually, the other day I was in the shower and I got this message from him loud and clear. Mom, the book is already written. Just get your stuff done. Like, do it now. The book's already written, which I completely know that book is written. And so uh, one day I just sat down to write the foreword and I literally heard him tell me what to write. So the foreword is written by Josh. In his voice? A, you heard it in his voice? Um, I heard him tell me what to write. And I literally just like furiously typing what he wanted me to write. And so I wrote the foreword already of the book. Uh, the rest of it still, like, I, I know what the book is going to be. It's just a matter of getting it all down in paper. And I have a book coach now that is uh, that I'm working with to try and organize it all because there's so much. Um, there's so many messages. But he told me at one time also, which is why I'm Karen, instead of Karen moving to Karen, he said to me, Mom, I know you've always wanted to be called Karen, so I'm asking you to, um, to use Karen as your author name. And I was, okay, I can do that. Like, I'm doing that. And then after that, he said, I want you to use my bedroom. My bedroom's a mess. This was two years after he passed away. And his room, I pretty much had shut the door. And every now and then I would peek in. And I remember I would peek in his room and I'd say, not yet. I'm not ready. Because there were still trophies and bout sheets and positive quotes and medals all over the walls from his wrestling. In fact, this is his room if you're watching here on YouTube. And uh, he said, mom, my room is a mess. It's time you do something about it. And I was, thought, oh, man, of course he started crying. I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready to move all your stuff. And, and so that summer, my mom, my sister came for my birthday and helped me take everything off the walls. And I had it painted. And he said, I want that room to be a writing nook. I want you to sit down on my bed, which is built into the cubby over here. And uh, he said, that's where I want you to get the messages from me and write. So love um, we're doing I, that. I love it. I love it. It's so beautiful. And um, what an incredible story that you're writing the book with your son who has passed over, that you're, that he's actually giving you not just the inspiration to write, but the words to write. Mm-hmm. And well, even and with funny thought- stories as well, right? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, so many stories. In fact, um, I was telling somebody the other day, I never thought I'd be hearing from and talking to dead people or writing a book with one of my sons. So who knows what life brings you? Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's so incredible when we have these connections with spirit. We really need to honor them. We need to trust them. We need to share them with, with the people that are around us so that we could share our story. So it's not taboo. It's not considered crazy. It's not considered mad. It's, it's what happens is that they pass over. And, um, you know, the other thing is that you said, you know, you had to be, you had to let him go. I received that message too about letting my dad go. Um, in the middle of a, in the middle of, um, an episode that I was doing with Marcus, who, who channels a higher dimensional being, usually the higher dimensional being just comes in with, you know, some wisdom for the week. And in this, this particular occasion, he came in with letting me know where my dad is, at what stage he is, that he's a mentor in the spirit world, um, that, um, he's, he now needs to go to the next level, but he can only, he needs us 
to release him completely so that he can go. And so we've got to also be mindful of that, that when we hold them so tight and we want it to be the way it used to be, that we also constrict them as well as the, in terms yeah. of the souls. We put blocks in their path. They need to do their soul journey and they will come to us whenever we ask. Whenever I ask for my dad to come, he's always there. I can feel him. I can feel his energy. It's so powerful. Mm-hmm. So, But we need to let them go. Yeah. Yes. In fact, that day after Josh gave me the message on the boat on the Nile, one of the women that was on the trip in Egypt, she was pretty intuitive. She came to me and she said, I have a message for you. Are you open to hearing it from your son? Which when people give me messages from him, I'm like, heck yeah, like, give me more, give me more. And um, she said, I was asking last night if anyone here on the trip had a message that I was supposed to give to someone. And she said, your son came through and he wanted me to tell you that even if you let him go. Now, she didn't know I was putting his ashes in the Nile that night. Mm-hmm. And it was a few hours prior to sunset. She said, he wanted me to tell you that if you let him go, that he will still be here anytime you call. And that in the future, you will be getting more messages from him. And I'm not sure what that meant, but he was very clear about it's okay to not hold him so close. He's been protecting you and feeling like he needs to protect you, but it's okay for you to let him go. And of course, again, I started bawling and I was like, that is crazy because I just got a message to put his ashes in the Nile and let him go. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. What an amazing Amazing episode we had today. Um, it was really every time you spoke um, about a key moment, goosebumps all over my body, and that is an indicator that that it's truth. Whenever there's goosebumps, it's like truth has been spoken. <laughs> and so, you know, we're so fortunate that um, we have this knowingness that our loved ones are um, doing their own thing on their own path. But whenever we want them. We just call them in and they're here. Yes, it's not the same as, as hugging the physical body, kissing the physical face, but um, it it still gives us a lot of comfort. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And I have to say the same thing. Like, if I could choose, would I rather he be here in the flesh? Yes. And because he's not, it's the second best thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So we, we hope you enjoyed it and um, we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching. We hope you loved it. And if you did, please like this video and subscribe to the channel. And remember, always connect to your truest essence. And choose love. We'll see you next time.